This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by Roback, Roback.com, performance apparel company. They make polos, hoodies, Q-zips that are legit, just the best fit and the best feel. I know you've seen the little dog logo on people's shoulders. That's Roback. They gave you a 20% off coupon if you use the code REDWHITE. So go support the sponsors of the podcast. Go get yourself some sick apparel. And thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast, and I remembered how to do this. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will, your very flowery shirt, Will. Thank you. It's my my rose shirt. <laughs> Hope we hand a few out. Um, Where's your helmet in the background, by the way? It is... Well, hold on. We've had a bunch of guests here, and things have gotten moved around. Okay, we need to fix this. That's a good question. I don't even I see, see your Make America Great Again hat in the corner there. It's uh, <laughs> we we this thing called a HHGW, which is a guys weekend thing, and no. it says Make HHGW Great Again. But okay. it's always in Oops. Texas, and it gets a lot of looks. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great hat. Yes. Um, I literally have no idea where this helmet is. It's in the house somewhere. You should give it to me. You can't. Take I'm not. It. I'm not. I'm not ready for football season yet. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go on mute and look for this thing. And there goes Will. This podcast is off to a ripping start, folks. My co-host just walked away to look for a helmet. Uh, one of those, one of those days. All right, there's a bunch of things to talk about. Some random stuff. First off, Dick Sheridan uh, passed away. Many consider Dick Sheridan the best coach at NC State. Or one of the best coaches in NC State's history. I don't want to go too far back into it because I won't do it justice like many of our older listeners um, would do. But I kind of started following State at the tail end of Dick Sheridan's career. Um, what what are your thoughts on on Dick Sheridan and where he stands on the you know NC State coaching Mount Rushmore? Well, he was before my time, yeah. and um, that's all I really have to say on that. You gave me no <laughs> notes to prep with today. <laughs> yeah, just winging it. I'm trying it. to remember, didn't he have a good record with uh, UNC? If I Am I getting him mixed up? No. Yes, because Michael Caine was the one who couldn't beat UNC, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to really to say much. Again, it's just like... It's a problem coming in in the later era, um, the Tom yeah. O'Brien and Amato era era. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. It just sucks when you lose someone that was important to the program. And I don't know. I hope we're going to honor him in some capacity. I would assume they will. I think there's, you know, some people are saying we should what do like the old like Diamond S as like a tribute. Yeah. Dick Sheridan is. Uh, I mean, outside of Lou Holtz, who was here for three seasons, the winningest coach percentage-wise in NC State history, and it's 
Um, it's not really close if we're being honest. He's at 64%, you want 64% of his games. Uh, it's pretty strong. When was, here's a quiz for you. I was, whilst I'm looking through these stats, when, who was the last coach to have a winning bowl record at NC State? Oh my God. <laughs> trying to think. Was it Amato? It was. Chuck Amato yeah. went four and one. I'm I'm kind of looking through this and looking at the all time list, right? Earl Edwards, who's one and one. Doran, we know, doesn't like bowl games, three and four. Dick Sheridan was two and four. Chuck's four and one. And then Michael Kane and uh, never mind. Tom O'Brien and Lou Holtz were two and one. Everybody else is donuts, it looks like. Michael Kane was one and two. Yeah. Were, were there even bowl games back then? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot less of them. So, it's, you know, you're not going to judge people by um, who, who goes do, to bowl games. Do we, do we think Dave doesn't care about bowl games or it's just been like absurd situation after absurd situation that he's run into going into bowl games? You know, like having, you know, no Leary. So you've got the Hawkman Kentucky game. You've got no, no OC. And you're rotating between what? Did we even play Morris in the bowl game with uh, Finley last year? I don't think we did, right? I don't remember. I don't think we did. So that's two weird ones. Then you run into Dak Prescott and in, in, <laughs> yeah. in Charlotte, right? With like one of the best. Uh, God, that that team was awesome. Um, and then his wins are like what Vanderbilt, um, USF, or whoever it was down in Miami, not down in Miami, down in Florida that we played that one year. Um, trying to think of he's got another one. Who's his third? Oh, Arizona State when correct they had no coach. Yeah, you know. So I feel like if I was Dave, I'd be like, man, these bowl games suck. And someone got COVID and then lost that one too. Oh, I don't, I don't blame him. Very weird. I don't think he really cares about bowl game, but I, and I also don't blame him. And I do agree. He has had some weird situations. Um, yeah. He would care about, uh, I, when he did care about it was the, the one in California, right. With UCLA. Cause they wanted yeah. to get that 10th win. Right. Right. And um, so I think I don't blame someone if it's like a seven win season being like, who, who cares? Like no one, no one wins a bowl game and gets a recruit out of it, you know? So right. <laughs> I just asked I just asked my wife where the where the helmet was, and she said it's in the living room by the lamp. Pay attention to your surroundings. <laughs> nice. It's a true story. <sighs> I'm just gonna write again. So are you bringing it up? <laughs> Will is trying to get slapped here live on the no, podcast. No, no, I don't. Ugh, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the other tell random... me, I did not prepare for this tonight, so this is Evan's fault. He caught me way off guard. <laughs> I know I'm going out of town. I figured we need to get a podcast up eventually. I kept putting it off. Yeah, we got to get the rest off. Yeah, yeah, we're getting getting close to football season. Oh, thank God! I think I think uh, chances count is at sixty two days. If I'm not mistaken, Gosh. is it that close? Suck it on Twitter. Do it because he's bringing back some highlights of some old. Uh, old games, his countdown to football seasons are always the best. And a bunch of other wannabes have been copying him lately, but chances are the best. So go follow Chance. 
Yeah, I second that for sure. Honestly, NC State should be letting him run some account just to do that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they should be doing it, right? But his is better than theirs too. I'm not here to – I'm not starting off this new football season with me railing against the school and the administration. It's a new will for a couple podcasts. At least for now. Yeah. It's for now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the random things I wanted to talk about, and I have written down, and I mentioned it to you before we started, was Joe Giglio and James Henderson were on a podcast, and they mentioned that Matt Days's number should be retired. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um. Well, here's the thing. I was always a big Matt Days fan, and uh, you know he was like basically like one ankle injury against Clemson from probably changing the dynamics of that game big time and breaking off. I think that was a game he was going to on pace for a thousand yards, so he would have been the first in quite some time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he, I just thought he was awesome. I remember his highlight films coming out of high school, and I thought he was like the second coming of um, like Barry Sanders. Like he would, yeah. he just had such incredible vision in juking and, you know, could catch, could run, could kind of just do it all. And uh, so I was so excited when we got him. And I remember, if I remember correctly, I think he almost flipped a Vanderbilt or maybe he did at one point and then he we did. were able so, to lock him up. Yeah. I remember that. That was when so Tom O'Brien got fired, uh, Days had committed to State and Des Kitchings. And when Tom O'Brien got fired, Matt Days opened up his recruitment again. And there was speculation that he had committed to Vanderbilt and Des Kitchings was able to get him back in the fold. And I remember that that recruitment pretty well. And I was super excited about it. I agree with you. I saw his tape and, you know, getting a kid out of Florida. I think he was 5A in Florida and yeah, all this and that. And like I love Matt Days. He was a workhorse. I remember him from you know the Wake Forest game. I remember you know in particular watching the game, and he was just so dominant in that game at Wake. Yeah, I was at the beach watching it, and just oh my god! Did he put up like two hundred yards in that game? Yeah, yeah, two hundred and three TDs or four TDs. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. What year was that? Twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? Maybe. Yeah, and he's like the biggest. Like, what if just stays a little bit healthier? So what was yeah. their argument to say that they, that his jersey should be retired? Because that seems like a extraordinary leap for someone that I like a lot. I don't know. Like, I, 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 there's no <laughs> coherent argument to it. Like, I just don't understand that. Like, did I can, this argument even happen, or did you make it up? Like, you made up that other topic before this. <laughs> I, didn't make, I didn't make up that. The, now the Drake Thomas one. <laughs> oh no, that was I had that written down. I won't talk about that. Um, it's relevant. I'll get there. Dang. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I you made me lost track. I don't know. I, I think Chad Chad Thornton was on track to be a better overall running back. I thought he was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but he sucked off off camera. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, today's schools will find a way to keep him on the field, right? And God, if and he went to Georgia, Georgia they too good would. for that, huh? I said, if you went to Georgia, they would. Um, yeah, Georgia's a train wreck down there. Yeah, let me hear. Maybe this is the better question, which is um, of all the non-celebrated or not already, I guess, Jersey retired or types, who would you pick? Who would be your random guy from like the last 15 years that should be celebrated more? T.A. McClendon. Okay. 
T.A. would have been an all-time great at NC State if they could have kept him on the field and kept his head right. Like He had the potential. He was unbelievable. When that guy was ready to play, he was unbelievable. So good. But it just, you know, so many other things. I mean, T.A. was T.A.'s the biggest what if, I think, in, in state history that I can remember. Because we don't know if he actually got in or not. <laughs> T.A. was in. T.A. was definitely in. Oh, my God. I remember being in my kitchen listening to that via radio and them to say he was in, then he wasn't in. I had lost it. I was. I felt like it was a conspiracy right then and there. Oh, my gosh. I would choose someone very random like a, a Tony Adams or like a Tyler Jones. Like I, I mean, think there's been some like that yeah. that one line had so many sneaky good guys that no one ever really talks about. And they like played like for four straight years. They were awesome. Um that's what I would definitely say. There was 14 years in between um thousand yard rushers between TA and Matt Days. Isn't that unbelievable? 2002, <sighs> TA had eleven hundred yards rushing, 18 touchdowns. The guy was unbelievable. And then Matt Days in 2016 had a thousand he had just over a thousand yards that is bonkers i think that also confirms i you know i was mowing the grass the other day and i was like what's the biggest thing about nc state football that like makes me annoyed and it's always everyone always says we're like a really good running team and then like you hear stats like that and it's like man we're like really inconsistent with that that's like it's been our identity for a very long time, and yet we don't put up the numbers that I would think we would rushing. And so I was just mowing the grass and missing my lines and making all kinds of mistakes because all I could think about was how we're a smash mouth team that you know gets like three point eight per carry. <laughs> TA average. Oh, is this my helmet? Nice helmet delivery. Helmet delivery. Bing. All right, I'm back. Will's got the. I don't know, slobbering wolf, brick helmet. It was the uh, bell tower, that yeah, bell tower helmet. Yeah, he wanted the the auction. Oh my god, I'm huge, love it. Yeah, what happens usually is basically every time we have kids over to visit with our friends, they find the helmet and the helmet walks off. So I'm glad it was still on the property. Yeah. Uh, Matt Days, Naheem Hines, and 17, then Reggie Glass. We had 3,000-yard rushers, so we were doing good there for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, those are all – we had 4,000-yard rushing seasons in the 2000s. It's crazy. Yeah, that Reggie Gillespie season is always underappreciated. Yeah. That, that guy just waited his turn, came in, slogged it out. I mean, I feel like we definitely – I'd have to go look, but I feel like we gave him an extreme amount of volume – all things considered. Um, but yeah. And then. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, 228 attempts. Game. Yeah, 228 yeah. attempts. So he had a, an absolute ton of touches that year. Yeah. And yeah, I remember when we recruited him, he had a ton of touches in high school too. And I always thought I was like, well, that's yeah. always, you know, usually a bad sign because then they're going to have lost some somewhere. Um, right. Which I think definitely hampered him a little bit. And also having Jay Sam and, and Naheem there. Yeah, so there was that little run, but then it's like the last few years, man. It's like every time you hear an announcer come on, I mean, I guess ESPN doesn't have those anymore since they just laid everyone off. But the the guys would come on and be like, oh, NC State, smash mouth, run team, run first. And then I watch us, right? And it's like 
okay, you've run really well for that first game on the left yeah. side. And then game three, you're just like, can we run the ball? I don't know, man. Who knows? I'm very excited to see what Onai does with this. At least we'll have QB run to help out, I guess. Uh, Freaking running backs. Ricky Person, side note, has been doing well in the USFL. He was in the, uh, I guess, South League Championship, and he's been getting some hype. So good like to see that. Good for Ricky. He was one I thought was going to be a world beater coming out of high school. And yeah, did we ever get the story on why he just didn't show up for NFL camp? No, no idea. Yeah, curious what's going on there. Yeah. Um. No, I lost my train of thought. Do you want to talk about Drake Thomas now? <laughs> running backs. Well, Drake Thomas, like, so it's a reason I want to talk about this is NIL. And we're Do you think he should be retired? Getting drafted. <laughs> no, he should be still be playing at state is what I, where I was going with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, like you, for, and I think this is going to become, become increasingly important. I get while he went and I have no, uh, no qualms with it. Right. I think he is. He had a great season, and he was trying to take his chance, but I think he's your prototypical college player. And I wonder what, like, financially he's going to get. He went undrafted, you know, signed a whatever undrafted free agent contract. And, like, is – could he have made that in NIL money coming back? Like I, I think you've got to if you're state and you have guys like that, you got to do whatever you can to keep them around. I'm not saying we didn't, because I get it. You know, you're tired of college, ready to go try to make some money, but you know, I think he is the perfect example of what your NIL program should be trying to do to retain your players. Yeah. So according to a quick Google. It says most times NFL undrafted free agents sign for the league's minimum salary of 750k per year. Length and size of the deals can vary. For example, a player who went undrafted may have signed a three-year contract worth 2.4 million dollars. So, I guess in theory, if you get an actual contract and stick around for a smidge, you do make money. Yeah. So I guess there's that. I guess. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I wanted to bring it up, right? There's a lot of bunch of NIL stuff happening and recruiting and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, if your state, you got to win the, the middle ground and he's a perfect example of the middle ground. Right. Yeah. I do think this requires him like actually making the squad, not just. Right. Yeah. You know, getting cut in camp. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the challenge, right? I mean, now he could have been told that he was grading out at sixth or seventh and thought that was worth the risk. Like he's, I could imagine him saying, I don't think I could do better than that. And I'm losing a lot of the guys that I play with. I'm still shocked that Peyton came back, but, um, and you know, maybe it was just time. Maybe he's just tired. Maybe you want to give it a shot, but yeah. The, I, if you had asked me, I would have told you a hundred times out of a hundred that Drake Thomas would be here and Peyton Wilson would have gone to the draft last season. So 
it was a little surprising. I did think there would be some lure of sticking around to play with his brother again, with his younger brother, at least show him the ropes. Um, yeah, I just, but you know, how much money would you have to throw at, throw at him? I don't know. That's the question. I don't know, but I, it's, it's an interesting, um, interesting thought process or, you know, thought exercise. So the other thing I would say too, right, is at least that year we lost in that Kentucky bowl game. Didn't he basically have his like pectoral ripped or something like that? Like, so I know he probably had a lot of injuries that he played through. And so he may have just had that season been relatively healthy too. And said, now's the time I'm not getting bigger. I'm not getting faster. Um, So I don't knock him for it. It was just, just surprising, I guess. Um, You know, the one of the, uh, the hot Twitter topic of the other day, this was a couple weeks ago, was the Mount Rushmore, um, the Mount Rushmore conversation, right? And I broke it down into sports because I think it's just a better conversation that way rather than looking at NC State's all-time, you know, athletes, whatever. I mean, there was some some interesting some interesting ones there. But speaking of football, football, Todd who is, who's <laughs> on your Mount Rushmore? For NC State football, um, I could I could basically just go defensive line, and I feel like I I did it right. But um, I have to say, like Mario Holt, I think I decided that I wouldn't put Russell Wilson up there just because he didn't complete enough of his time here, and he annoys me with that whole pack of badgers crap. Um, <laughs> so now I'm trying to remember who I put up there. I probably would have put J Sam. Up there, and then oh, I remember I said Nate Irving, and you guys were like, "Why?" And I was like, "I thought he was like the greatest linebacker I've ever seen in person." And that injury, that that car crash, really derailed him. But I just thought he just had so many memorable games. The dude was always on the ball. Um, I'm sure, like every ten years, there's a guy like that. But I just he was so memorable to me. And uh, like when he body slammed that uh, Wake Forest linebacker or running back, which would be like, you know, he'd probably get ejected for it today. Um, <laughs> he suplexed him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had the dreads, hit like, you know, the Predator vibe to him. The You know, he would run around. He had like the, you know, the midriff exposed, like those old Miami players. Like, I don't know. And then like he was a two-star, right? Like a nobody, right? A, you know, a guy, what was it? Isn't the legend that Wendell basically told it, um, Amato yeah. to take him? Yeah. And, uh, and he was right. Um, so I'd probably say that unless I went with someone like nowadays, I mean, I wouldn't put like a Leary or anyone else up there. Um, I'd probably put like <laughs> Tyler Jones, Matt Days. No. <laughs> I mean, Icky, like, I mean, if you want to yeah, like, gotta... I mean, that, that's yeah. what's funny is like Matt Days, it's just been, it's Matt Days is in that sweet spot of it's just long enough back that you don't really remember it anymore. Cause Dorn has been here so long. Um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, Mario, Holt, Nate Irving, super obvious. And then Jason, I thought, I still think Jay Sam's like the best football player I've ever seen at state. Like, I just, he did so many things that it's just hard to believe. And like, you'd see him on special teams running down. I remember, wasn't there like, didn't he fumble the ball or someone fumbled it? And it was, I think, Georgia Tech. And he like ran back all the other way and got it and like caused another rumble. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I I miss the J Sam. I wish he could. I wish we could bring him back in some capacity. Just need to see him running around more. 
And like, it's the funny thing about, <clears throat> and I put this on the Twitter thread the thing about the Matt days conversation is that I would have Tremaine Stevens over Matt days. And I, and I was always a Tremaine Stevens Homer. Uh, I remember he was right around the time when I started paying attention to uh, NC state football seriously. And he, you know, 1100 yards. He's, he was as dominant as there was. He's got, he averages more yards per touch than I think any back we've had in 30 years at five and a half yards per carry. Yeah. You know, he was awesome. My Mount Rushmore would be Rivers is my number one. Torrey Holt is my number two. And, you know, I'm not of the opinion of I'm going to go back and put in you guys like Ted Brown or Roman Gabriel. Like, I didn't see those guys play. You need to have an eras. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously those two are the best previously generation. Yeah. You know, we're talking about linebackers. I'd put LeVar Fisher ahead of Nate Irving, right? He's a career tackles leader at NC State. And, uh, you know, I still remember the images of him diving over lines and flying over, um, you know, flying at tackles, just getting horizontal. Like he was, he was the guy that I remember doing that. And I I love Nate Irving, nothing, nothing against him, but, um, you know, Nate Irving. Was contrarian and put like Glennon on there? A little nobody uh, really went that way. Um, Bishop, um, you know, David Amerson's he was Dave, all yeah. in 13, you know, season INTs in 2011. Like, nobody's even been close to that record other since 1998. I think See, but he spoiled it with that, with that terrible, cocky Tennessee season game. after it, right? The Tennessee, well, the Tennessee game. game, right? They picked Ever. on him. Oh, sure. Yeah. But then, then there was that Miami game where you're like, are we on the take? Is everyone on the yeah. take in this game? Yeah. Um, I'm sure 99.9% of the fan base would put Rivers up there, but yeah, I feel like, I you so know, too. Rivers gets all the attention. We need to remind people there's other great players that have played. It's crazy yeah. that he was never an All-American because he's number one in career passing yards, single season yards, career passing TDs, single game TDs. Like, and that's like stupid. not only for NC State, but for the, for the ACC. He was that's, unbelievable. That's a conspiracy. I, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. And he had wild. a good season to, you know, of, uh, what was it, the 11-win season? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, everyone could say some of those games were against questionable teams. But anyways, um, yeah, that's screwed up. I thought, I would have thought for sure he would have those accolades. It, you know, Jason. But now we have, hey, we have modern day Philip Rivers. Yeah. We got Brennan Armstrong, baby. Okay, We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, you mentioned Jay Sam, and that was another one, like, I wouldn't fault anybody for putting him on your Mount Rushmore. He's one of those guys that is all over the record books, but you know, just like his career, there's no real defined role. He's got he's seventh in career rushing TDs. He's got the single season rushing TDs. He's eighth career receptions. He's third. He was number one for a while there. Single was, season receptions. He's fourth and eighth. Single game reception. He's tied with Tory Holt. Like he was, he was unbelievable. He was he was he everything. Football player, offensive yeah. football player. He was yeah. awesome. I mean, that's why I would put him up there, just because he was just a freak when I saw him. And yeah, like to your point, right? I think it really matters is when you when you came up, when you saw them, right? Yeah. And it would stand out. I came up, and yeah, when I grew up, NC State was not really on the radar. We we were a Virginia Tech household, and so when I came to state, I was just like, oh man, like these guys are awesome. How have I never paid attention to NC State football before? And, um, you know, cause I came in there for the Mar- like part of the Mario post post rivers, Mario era. And, um, so all I thought was NC state was the greatest defensive team of all time. And that was how it was always was. I just assumed we are always that awesome. 
at defense. And then Tom O'Brien showed up. Um, and then we were still good. J.R. Sweezy, I see you. Marcus Kuhn, I see you. Marcus Kuhn, better career than Mar- Marvin Austin. So, drafted to the same team. I'll tell you that. Boom. Dropping knowledge. All right. Let's get on to this season. Uh, just because there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about, and there's some other stuff that we'll get to, but football-related. <clears throat> the Vegas over-under line is six and a half. And I'm looking at uh, Kelly Ford's ratings. And so here's this tweet. With just a 39% chance to match or better last season's win total at eight, I have concerns about the Pac's offense that's compounded by the fact that NC State plays the 20th best collection of FBF's defenses. Will they be able to score enough points to pull up upsets and win toss-ups? Where do you where do you lie on the over under at six and a half? This is some Anthony Sla- Smith slander. They don't understand the talent that we've got on this team. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going through this. All right, I'll just say we lose to Notre Dame, even though I don't think Notre Dame is that special anymore. Um, Sam Hartman, can, though, even more likely that we beat them. That <laughs> now, I forgot about that. Good luck without that slow mesh. Um, Let's see what happens there. He's probably going to be like the next coming to Drew Brees, and we've been wrong all the time. Um, Connecticut, I'm not worried. VMI, not worried. I don't, I'm not worried about UVA. Louisville was trash last year. We should have beat them if we had any pulse. So that's, uh, that's four right there. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Marshall, five. I think Duke was a flash in the pan last year, six. Then we just got to get one out of Clemson, Miami, Wake, BT and UNC. So I see 12 wins already on the schedule, actually. <laughs> um, I take it back. So, yeah, I, that's that's that seems weird. I would have thought we'd be at seven and a half. I think there's I think there's got to be some correlation between Armstrong and Anai. And I maybe the fear is that the defense really regresses. I'm That number is just really weird to me. Clemson at home, Miami at home, UNC at home, Louisville at home. So the road games are UVA, Duke, Wake, VT. Like, All of our hard games are at home. Yeah. I mean, I would Clemson, say the hardest, Miami, environment, Carolina. hardest environment would be VT, you know, if, if they've got a pulse by the end of the season. And Wake, okay, House of Horrors. But, yeah, I mean, you're missing, like, the factor here. And honestly, like... I don't know, man. The fact that NC State beat teams with Jack Chambers and Ben Finley and MJ Morris, like I have to feel a lot better going into a season knowing I've got two starting quarterbacks in my head there. So you've got a little safety factor here. So I I don't know, man. I just think it's weird that they're sleeping on it that hard. I'm just, what am I missing other than it's – is there something I'm missing from an injury perspective? Like, do people think Tim Beck is still here? Um, I mean, obviously that's the the caveat here to all this is we've changed offensive coordinators. We have a new quarterback. You know, what Where do, What does that do? What's the impact of that, right? That's the biggest question. Um, if – it's funny. So we were talking about this in the pod check uh, last week, though, and – Somebody said if heads will roll if state can't get the seven and five, probably Dave's. And I don't disagree with that, right? If you're if you if you're six and six, I think people are gonna be disappointed. And but on the weird side of that is 
Dave just needs five wins to become the all-time winningest coach yeah. at NC State. Yeah, good luck. Right. Good luck trying to fire that dude. After yeah, that like I, yeah. Oh, I, That's I think not we, happening. We fully expect this podcast fully expects him to retire after this year anyway. So I would say it's strongly likely, right? I mean, yeah. the better the season, the more likely Dave sticks around, right? I can see a lot of coaches, especially ones that hit uh, records like that, start looking around during the NIL era and say, like, you know, I got a lot of money. This is a lot more of a pain in the ass than it used to be. I'm not really interested in this. Come at me when we have these guys as employees. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, look, lost a lot of players off the team. Now you could then argue we lost. What was it? How many people got drafted off the team last year? Zavala, who? Thank you. I was right. Thank you. I'll take the applause. And then, who else got drafted? Did we have anybody else get drafted? I don't think we did, if I remember correctly. We had a bunch of no. undrafted free agents. So it's like we lost a lot of really good college players. What's to say we don't have a lot of talent behind them? So I don't know. Maybe the defense won't have that big of a drop. I mean, the teams I just listed off, right? Connecticut, I'm not worried about that offense. Notre Dame, TBD. But VMI, UVA, Louisville, maybe Louisville is a little bit better under Brom. I don't know. Is, there's no one that's scary on the schedule. Even Clemson, like, I don't think Clemson taking who did they get um, from TCU? What's his name? The coordinator. Um, good grief, Gary Riley. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a a risk and say that his brother was the one that was doing most of the calling for TCU. Um, I don't know, man. I guess I'm just not not super worried about this schedule. It doesn't look that scary. And like you said, aside from maybe Wake's offense, um, a lot of the better teams are at home. So what what do you think, Brennan, the impact of Brennan Armstrong is gonna be? And let's say Brennan Armstrong and an I. I think the floor is gonna be raised. Um I wish I, you know, I wish I thought about it and pulled up the scoring numbers from from Beck, but I here's my guess is there's going to be some games where there's a lot of points, and I feel like anytime you get the ball in those guys' hands, like Brennan Armstrong is an X factor in that he's likely to make two good plays and then make a bad play, and he's going to sling it around and. I think the floor is just much higher. Um, I don't think they're going to be as conservative. I think they understand now that scoring points wins more games than relying on your defense. I mean, if you lose to BC because you can't score after the first quarter, right? I'm guessing it clicked there or it clicked at Syracuse or it clicked against Virginia Tech, right? Like it was just too often you're sitting there letting really crappy teams either beat you or hang around much longer than you can because you can't just ice them out on offense. So I think a nine knows what he's doing. I think he's paired up with the people who knows his system. I wish we had a little bit more in the wide receiver room. Like I wish we could have somehow gotten a UVA wide receiver, just someone who knows that to make it feel a little bit better. But 
I don't know. We're probably I, I need to go back and look. What were we under back? Were we at like I don't think we were at 34 points a game, were we? That seems like way too high for I don't term. know. My my eyes are not gonna be, let me believe that we're running a dynamic offense. Like that's just not something that we've done. So I'm gonna see it to believe it. No, I think they will be better. And I think a nigh is gonna be more along the lines of what everybody's hoping for. But I mean, I'm gonna remain skeptical until I see it. Just because it's just not something we've done. We've been traditional and haven't done anything um, game breaking, but yeah, I mean, I think in theory, Tony Gibson's defense has given them, especially the last year or two, right? We've got a lot of turnovers and I didn't feel like we capitalized on it all the time. I feel like this team is going to take more chances. So I, I just feel like in this era, you get a guy like Robert and I, who can make, a turd look like chicken salad at Syracuse and clearly at UVA. Um, Why would I not think he can extract everything out of this offense, especially with a guy that despite how it hurts my eyes to watch him throw the ball, he can (laughs) throw the ball. (laughs) I still don't know if it's just because it's, he's left-handed and it looks so weird. I think there was that thing where someone did all these videos with, what was it? Tua, I think is also left-handed and they flipped it so he looked like a right-handed quarterback, and all of a sudden he looked normal. Um, but I don't know. Just give me top 30 offense, and I'll be, like, smitten as a kitten at that point. So 33 points or more. Um, I I don't know, man. I just have more faith in a guy like Robert and I who doesn't just say, well, this is my system and you have to do it like this. It seems like he extracts a lot out of whatever – the group of individuals as he has. And I think you're going to see a lot of QB run, a lot more QB run um, than we did before. And I think that will definitely help out. My only concern with Brandon Armstrong really is the turnovers. And like I said, we were talking about in the, the pod chat, throwing it deep and you turn it over, that's fine. Throwing ducks across the middle, that's kind of my concern. I, I, I yeah. just feel like he took some unnecessary risks because he was asked to do everything at Virginia, especially that year when they were, you know, shredding people because the defense couldn't do anything. So that's my concern there. I think we hit the over pretty easily and I'm looking at the win percentage chances of um, these K four ratings. And I'm going to read them out. UConn is 87%. Notre Dame is 27%. VMI 99%. Virginia, 74%. Louisville, 56%. Marshall, 78%. Duke, 51%. And then Clemson, 21%. Miami, 54%. Wake, 49%. Virginia Tech, 65%. Carolina, 44%. Two, three, four. So we won't be favored. You know, if you go by these, we won't be favored in four games. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what. UNC is a turd this year. I'm calling that. So, but Drake May, man, Drake May. I don't think Drake May is that good. <clears throat> I think uh, I think Vilanco was very good. Um, I can't wait to see what this guy looks like again. Here's the thing: like Duke last year, no one was looking for Duke. No one had them in their radar. Duke pops off nine wins, right? I guarantee you, a lot more people are going to be focused on Duke going into the season and have more film and know what they're looking at. Same thing with UNC, man. I think you're going to see that big-ass regression that you always see. 
where people go, eh, like that guy looks like a twig. He's not going to get us right. And then boom, the cocky asshole like pulls it off somehow. So, yeah. you know, I, I expect the same second year. <laughs> I can't wait Let, here. I'm, I'm going to click on their schedule real quick. I was hoping, I'm hoping their first game of the year is another one where we can do an eight second podcast where I tell you how much of a fraud they were. Um, they get, that's not right. South Carolina. Yeah. Right. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that's going to go South Carolina's way. Then they got app men pit. Yeah. I'm not worried. They got Clemson right beside us too. Before us too at Clemson. Yeah. That's I, man, ACC must've really hated UNC this year. I mean, and Matt complained about it too. Right. I mean, he came out and said, Basically, he didn't like the the schedule. It wasn't fair or some nonsense. I forgot what he said exactly, but he was complaining about it. Yeah, so. I mean, I would comp- I would complain <laughs> about having um, a road game followed by two home games, and a road game followed by three home games, and a road game followed by two home games, then two road games. Yeah, that seems pretty unfair. Yeah, that's a good point. And you also have Campbell before Duke, before Clemson, before NC State. I mean. Yeah, that's three toss-ups before. I mean, that's three gimmies before you play NC State. I don't <laughs> team a team as good as UNC. I can't imagine that. Yeah, those percentages are really odd to me. Um, the Duke and UNC ones. I mean, UNC should just be fifty-fifty. Like, I I feel like there's enough data out here for the last uh, year, what 15, 16 times now that um, you probably should favor NC State in that game, regardless, even when they don't have a quarterback. It seems to yeah, work out. Yeah, but that's not how, you know, that's not how these statistics work. Uh, they're they're going to work on, you know, the numbers. Right? I mean, if one team keeps winning over time, then the other team, I feel like the statistics should value that in some capacity. Like no. the other team may not be that good. No, don't think so. Soft, soft team. Will, oh, man. will State have a thousand yard receiver this year? How many times? I think I think you asked me this before, and I said, "How many times is Keon Lasane going to get targets?" Because um, <laughs> I could see it. I, I mean, I feel like the, I, the challenge is I don't know if he's going to be in the slot or not. Um, so Anai often produces one and finds the guy, and then just funnels it at him, which is why I think it's going to be Lasane because Lasane's the only one that can catch the ball that I know of. Um, damn, a thousand yard receiver. Last one we had was what, Jacoby? No, Emeka. No. Jacoby? Did Emeka ever have a thousand? I don't think so. I think it was Jacoby and Kelvin. That might be the last ones. Um, sure. Why not, man? I love Robert and I. I'm sure he can do it. Aronde Gaston did not have a thousand yards for Syracuse last year. He was our leading receiver by far. What did he have? 700? 959. You say it like he's so far off a thousand. Well, he didn't have it, right? You said he had one. I think. Well, I think Garrett Schrader at one point died last year, and several other people on that team. It was that was a tough. I remember they got a lot of injuries at one point. Um, he's. I mean, if they, if they let him, if they let an eye cook, the way the way he schemes up, right? It's just different than what Beck was doing. Remember, like. In, if this goes I back know, to like Canada, we're, we're right? Too far into this. The I well, Virginia I had nearly had two the year that they had a good offense with 
uh, Dontavian Wicks of twelve hundred. Yeah, but they also had such a bad defense. Like everyone always likes to talk about that Brendan Armstrong year, and it was great statistically. But when you also look at how many times they were throwing it because they had such a bad defense and they were constantly getting the ball and needing to score, like hit five hundred attempts. That's insane. Yeah. Um, five hundred left-handed attempts. (laughs) Schrader had three seventeen last year for comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll do it. I, it's just going to be, the thing is, if we, if we had to pick a guy, Lassane's got the best hands. Takari Collins, we have no idea who he is at this point. Ant Smith, if they would just throw it to him a thousand, or not even a thousand times, throw it to him 20 times, he'd probably get it. Um, who do you think it could be? Do you think Timmons? No, I don't think a guy like that is going to... It won't be Penix. He won't last. I, I hate to say it's, that. I think it's got to be Gray. He's got to be the one. Can he like, catch the ball? I don't though? think he's got enough PT. Gray, I think, is the one that's unique enough. Like I don't think Keelan Saints good enough. See, I think that everyone keeps talking about Penix, and like, yeah, if he's healthy, like they're going to find a lot of touches for him. But I think Gray is the quote unquote football player that I can't remember what his name is. Keaton Thompson was his, his name, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Like. Gray reminds me of him just with his ability to move, not the ability to play like 10 different positions, but just guy that you could just kind of move all around. Um, I don't know. You know, it's going to be funny if it's like Jordan Houston. Um, No way. Well, you know, they're going to start him. I mean, he's the oldest guy. It's it actually, wait, no, they're going to put, um, who was the walk on Uh, Jones? Marcus Jones. There he is. Oh, yeah. uh, man. I'm trying to filter by wide receivers on gopack.com and this terrible. It feels like it's going to be like a 4,000 yard season, yet distributed among 25 players. I mean, like it's going to be Becky and in some ways. <laughs> Jalen Coit. No. DJ Collins. Concepcion. Josh Crabtree, I'm reading <sighs> wide receivers off the roster. The more you read this, it's the more I want to like lean into what we say, which is just like just do a youth movement, Julie deal with Murphy. it. Yeah, Gray, Concepcion, Smith. Ugh, I just want to see those Timmons. I just want to see those dudes out there all the time. Dakari Collins, Clemson guy. Like he's not a speedster. He's a. Well, we don't know. See, he's more a mecha build, and yeah. but we don't know anything about him. And frankly, like. It's it's not like the tape on him was like awesome. Like I don't know, man. He's a that's a weird one. Um I'm guessing he was injured, but the fact like he wasn't even like on the red team to start the spring game. Porter Rooks. What about Porter Rooks? Forgot about Porter Rooks. Is he gonna get to start? <laughs> I don't know. He had a Thayer Thomas problem and I feel like he's about to have a Keon Lassane problem. Um, yeah. Keon's going to play because he can catch. That's the thing. It's like he's the only guy with the reliable hands that we know so far. Maybe Timmons because he makes those circus catches. Um, Next. All right. Who has more yards, Chris Scott Jr. or Anthony Smith? (laughs) Is Chris Scott Jr. getting uh, interception yards counted? (laughs) He's still a wide receiver on the roster. No way. They moved him back. Because he was a DB last year. 
Yeah. God, what I would pay to see us just roll out there with Gray Smith <laughs> and my dude, my guy, CSJ. Oh my gosh. I had so much hopes for him. And I know they did too, because every time you, you'd see him in those damn practice videos and they would be like throwing it at him. And I just be like, God, he's so wide open and he cannot catch it. All right. What about thousand yard rusher? That I feel better about. Jordan Houston, Michael Allen. Um, I feel Wasumo. like Jordan Houston's going to get about. Do you have his stats from last year? I can. Yes, I do. Devin Leary threw 193 times last year. Brendan Armstrong threw 500 attempts. Well, hey, well, well, that was through what six games? Five yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, you add in 123 from yeah Finley and 86 from MJ Morris. But still Leary, not anywhere near 500. Leary, well, Leary the year before was 431, right? So yeah, so and he didn't get yeah. a bowl game. I don't think I don't know if Brandon got one. But what I would say there too is like. Still, I mean, that's 10% more per game, I'm guessing. Jordan Houston had 136 attempts for 544. So I feel like... Here's well, what's going to happen. I'm going to answer this question for you. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have 1,000-yard total from, from the line of scrimmage. Because you have guys like Houston and Michael Allen and Julian Gray who are, you know, they're going to get touches on both sides of the offense rushing and receiving i think you'll have more chance to have thousand yard like a couple thousand yards from scrimmage guys than you will thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard rusher that's what's like i'm looking at some data real fast because i want to say i'm gonna get weird and say brennan armstrong is gonna be the thousand yard rusher Hmm. Maybe. I, I feel like they're going to go full on. Um, oh, my God. Who is that tight end? He would have Saints? to stay, stay healthy, though. That's the question. Uh, yeah, but, you know, sometimes it all works out. <laughs> you what does know? that mean? What does that mean? I mean, sometimes it all comes together, you know? His most rushing yards is 552. Uh, and I feel it. Because, you know what? He's got a bunch of he, – he doesn't have the talent that he was throwing to previously. Five. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't. This think is going to be, be his sixth year. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think it'll be Houston. I think it's more likely to be like uh, I don't know, like a a Michael combo. Allen. So what's going to happen? Combo, combo. We won't have single. We don't have a single player break a thousand in either category alone. But I bet you have a couple combined. Before I forget, where did Demi Sumo end up? Kentucky. Unbelievable. Kentucky, which this podcast heard and we talked about it back in like February or January that he was going to leave. And then he didn't. Everybody's like, ah, you're wrong. I was like, ah, I hate to be right about this one. But he's <laughs> out. Yeah. Apparently he had to wait till after the semester. Yeah. Just, I guess we'll see if it, if he goes into the SEC and just like runs rampant, I'm going to lose my mind. And I'm going to be like, I do not ever want to hear about how soft he is or whatever from our um, old school trainers. Our husband candidate or our husband hopeful. Just, I mean, whatever. I would say if I was a team and I was like keeping it real, I'd be putting Michael Allen up 
for like I don't know. I'm so tired. I don't know who wants to hear this, but it's like seniority doesn't matter to me. Production matters. And you know, let's let's see let's see what Jordan Houston does with like, you know, not a limited group behind him at quarterback. Maybe things will be easier. Maybe they'll use him in a better way, but it's like Jordan Houston, I f- it's like I feel like he was going to be a thousand yard rusher because he always seemed like a shoestring away from breaking it, and it's just every year the shoestring gets still gets caught, and so I feel like Michael Allen just has got some more pep in that step, and um, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we're not going to have either one, but we're going to have combined from scrimmage. That's what I think. Do you think Brandon Armstrong makes it the whole year as quarterback one? Man, he's going to take a hit. I feel like he's going to go – he's going to get a concussion just knowing him. He just takes hits. Um, but, I mean, he basically made it through last year. The thing about him is he's like a gamer. He reminds me of Russell Wilson in a lot of ways. Like, he's like – and Devin Leary, like, in late games. Like, I like having these guys late games. I feel like they just got some weird natural clutch gene in them. So, yeah, I just think this is going to be the year that everything, like, works out. NC State won't ever get injured, and it'll be it'll be payback for last year. <laughs> that's, that's my We're theory. Doing. And you know what? If he gets injured, I'm not worried because I, I think MJ Morris is freaking awesome. So, give me more of MJ Morris after he's had, you know, a few more games to get, um, get the NI system under his belt. Yeah, um, <clears throat> agreed. I'm, I'm a I mean, big MJ probably, man. I get why the, Brandon Armstrong's here and why he's going to start, but I think MJ is uh, MJ's your future. I mean, if you think about it, this is the best like one-two combo we've had since probably Wilson Glennon. I mean, you had Jacoby and nobody. You had Finley and nobody. Like, sorry, Jalen McClendon. But after that, I mean, Leary and Hockman. Maybe vomit. I know, but like Brennan Armstrong, known commodity. MJ Morris, pretty good small sample size commodity. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I like. I just like the way this <clears throat> room looks. What's, Man, the, what's the most important game on the schedule? Uh, I like Notre Dame. I think that's going to tell us a lot about the team at home against, you know, supposed blue chip. Awesome. You know, God, what I would give to win that game and have them pan to uh, Pendleton and Absher or whatever, just pan to their faces as they lose to us. Um, you know, I say that, but probably the most important game is probably UNC. It always is. I don't care. Um, but Notre Dame will tell you a lot, right? And then, um, yeah, it just doesn't count as a league game. I think the league games are always going to be the most important. Oh, we haven't secured them into the ACC yet. Um, damn. Uh, at Virginia, because maybe we can go up there and tell Des Kitchens to come back and be our running back coach and um, complete the circle. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. No, you don't want I'm the good. DK running back. You, you're a big, you're, you're a big Roper guy. We just we just established that State hasn't had many good running backs. Yeah, but guess who coached the ones that were? Didn't we just establish this? Uh, Days, Hines, Glassby, J. Sam. 
That was all Desmond Kitchens. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll give you that. I just like, I mean, I feel like he recruits better than Joker Phillips. I mean, just give him wide receivers. I bet he does better. Oh, man. I hate recruiting, especially now. But I'm still frustrated with the lack of dynamic athletes and our ability to land them. Like, we land them. We just don't let them play. Maybe. That's, right. I'm, I'm still frustrated that Joker Phillips, and, and I felt like this with Tim Beck, too. Both of them came in as like really good recruiters. And yeah. I'm still like raising my eyeball, my eyebrows, like, hmm, really? Is this is this what we're paying for? Right? When Goble and Gibson and some of these other guys, Charlie Wiles, are your best recruiters so far. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. It, it just every year we seem to be great at finding defensive players. And I don't understand why it hasn't, we just haven't landed that type of personnel evaluation. We seem to get quarterback right. We seem to get running back right. We get good enough on O-line. I don't understand why we have a complete, like erratic wide receiver tight end room. Like it's like you get a JCM, awesome. He can play everything, quote unquote, he's a tight end, but he's not. You get Trent Penix, he's awesome, but he's an entry risk. But then, like, the rest of the tight ends, like, there's nothing special there. I'm really hoping, like, a Sebra or someone pops off a Vereen. Like, I'd rather just, yeah. like, lean into a Vereen right now. Right? Like, there's guys on the roster that I would much rather see than, you know, the – who was it last year that would, like, come in every time? And you're like, all right, well, we're run blocking. Um, oh, my God. Is it Cam Walker? Or no, that's not who it was. I mean, pretty much all the tight ends. Anytime I brought Pretty much in. all of them. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it's just weird. It's just weird to me. And then I, I just truly think it's a culture thing in that, um, I mean, it's just like time after time, right? Wide receivers are divas. And, like, you got to give them a little flash to Maybe. to attract them. And I just feel like we are, right. for whatever reason, just moving on. You're right. rambling. I'm not rambling. I'm right, and you know it. <laughs> Y'all need to go to <laughs> gopack.com and look at Caden Dunkester's uh, football. Has he got a mullet? Photo. <laughs> he's he's like a skinny Danny McBride, and, and I love it. It's great. Oh my God. I got to look it's now. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I think probably the Miami game. Like, I mean, obviously Clemson, you know, if you are 7 and 1 going into that game or 6 and 1 going to Clemson, like, the Miami game, Clemson Miami game, one of those is probably your most important. Man, Miami has really had our number over the years. And it's it's they shouldn't have. It's been close. Yeah. We've had all those games, a stupid cover zero blitz. Uh, yeah. God. Whatever. I yeah. had nearly you're forgotten welcome. that, man. You're welcome. Uh, interesting question from somebody in the pod chat. Now the scoreboard has been redone, which is going to look awesome. Uh, when you all see it, it's going to be dope. Is it fully What's done? Is it is it is it commissioned and ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop okay. Interrupting. What's the next priority for renovations at Carter Family? Stop interrupting. Start talking faster, Evan. Come on. Um, I mean, dude, it's got to be the bathrooms, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I still, you know, what? I, it will never happen. But man, if they could just um, get one of those, if they could dome it in with like the you know like that half open dome in the middle. <laughs> 
man. That's the, Washington. That's the you, want, you want the Washington Huskies? Well, yeah, or yeah, or just basically like shoot. every Premier League <laughs> stadium, you know, soccer stadium style thing. It does make uh, it louder, which is cool. It, it makes it louder. So um, it definitely reduces the heat, right? I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of something that would get me. I think we were talking about this a month or so back, right? Like upgrades or or changes that are really just geared towards improving that fan experience to make you want to be there. Right. Yeah. Instead of, so here, so I mean, let me interrupt you. Cause I, I want yeah, to dovetail fine. this into something that we've, uh, that I, I wanted to talk about. Kansas just announced this, uh, huge renovations to their stadium and they're actually shrinking their stadium by what they say, 10,000 seats. They're going to make it 40,000 seats, more intimate, a much, they're going to upgrade the experience. Florida on the other hand is putting 400 million into the swamp to, make it bigger and better like where where's your where do you lie on those who's paying for it wow I mean, who gives a crap right it's gonna be they have the money in my well, opinion no no no, no. i guess what i mean from our side right like how much is kansas spending i have no idea i forgot what the number is i'll look it up yeah the thing about the gate about the swamp right was i guess they were saying it's like you know it's starting to age and so sure they, they've, they've ninety thousand seat stadium Right, right, and that's probably tough to justify building a new stadium. Um, I mean, what's the question? How do I just feel about it in general? Yeah, w- would you rather go bigger or go smaller? Oh, I yeah, I'm of the opinion that we should add seats and go slightly smaller. Personally, like, mm-hmm. but that's just I'm a I'm a comfort person, and my back hurts at games. Um, you know. Don't you think it would be okay? I mean, we're at like 57,000, right? I feel like it, every time you add seats, it's like, what is it? Like you lose 8,000 seats or something like that? Is oh, it that no much? Idea. I don't know. I don't know. I would, I wouldn't, it would not surprise me if more places go seats, go smaller, reduce it, right? Make it more intimate. Um, And then obviously you're going to have to charge more for it. Um. It's just weird, too, because now I'm thinking about, right? I mean, you said it was Kansas, right? It wasn't Kentucky that was doing that. Kansas, right? correct. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just the difference, too. I guess I was going to say, like, the TV contract money, right? Like, having the ability to splurge on that stuff. Still, money money aside, shrinking is the right way to go. And then people, people hate on it. Like, I think you get smaller. You're competing for attention. You want a more intimate environment. This is the same argument I've been saying for the PNC since – it opened. It's the wrong direction, right? You are losing yeah. that battle because it's more, more, it's easier for me to stay home and watch it on TV and more comfortable and cheaper than it is to go to the games. And I get the experience part of it, right? But you are, I think in this day and age, college sports becoming what it's become. I think Kansas is taking the right approach and shrinking it and maybe the sec is the outlier here but i think everybody else should be following kansas's model here where it's become a better experience shrink it make it more intimate that kind of deal like yeah and, and and you're also increasing demand in a way right you're you're, sure, you're in supply, NC State yeah. and you're constantly quote unquote selling out now i've been to a lot of these sellouts and they're not sold out but um i'd rather it be like that yeah i mean i just make it so that we can watch the game. Give me replays. Give me decent sound. Better lines. 
Yeah, I mean, I I wish I wish they could do something infrastructure wise to just make the the in and out uh, experience a little bit better, like just from your seat to whatever you're trying to achieve. But yeah, I would go smaller. And I don't see, I just don't understand it. I, I think there's just some weird like fan ego that gets wrapped up in things. It's like people like yeah. their, oh, 100%. You know, banging their chest about like contracts and things, right? Or TV contracts, right? It's like, who fucking cares, right? Yeah. I'd rather have a nicer experience. And um, I think we would be just as rowdy and raucous if you lost like 5,000 you know, capacity, but added in those seats or find a way to add, find the seats in different areas, right? Like add on to the corners. I think there's a way to get around it. I think it's, I, that's the way I wish we would go. Uh, question from the chat. <clears throat> would you rather go 11 and one with one loss being to a two and 10 UNC or go five and seven, but beat 11 and one UNC? Uh, I, I will take us going 11 and one any it's day. No, no brainer. Yeah. That scenario is terrible because you've just told me that UNC is probably going to whip our ass on the recruiting trail with an 11 win season. No, thanks. Well, 11 and one, you're still in the AC championship game because you're going to be number two in the league. Brilliant. <laughs> like, it's a no brainer, <laughs> right? Give me that. It doesn't matter anymore. Right? There's no division. Oh, hold on. Wait, there's um, a little subheader that says, um, except for NC state, you are now dropped a third. Yes. Yeah, somehow <laughs> they'll find a way. Yeah. In, in theory, your power yeah. rating is not right. Yeah. Your power rings on good. No game control. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Caden Nooncaster. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> this The new roster website is 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 new to me, but terrible. oh, my God. That is one hell of a kicker. That, yeah. He better have a great leg. I'm he sure he does. Jeez, um, how many mullets do we have on the team this year? That's a better question. Quite a few. You know, yeah. Mullets and dreads, which I know some some folks really dreads means you're a better athlete. So, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've got them. <laughs> uh, all right. So, there's another question that I wanted to I wanted to ask you about, and it's probably a bad question for you given your uh, Wake Forest connections. But <laughs> Wake Forest was in the College World Series, right? Okay. That's probably news to you, I know. And they no, were playing, I was aware. <laughs> they were playing LSU and Tommy White. And who who would you pull from that scenario? I'll leave it. Uh, start, let's start there. Who were you pulling for in the Wake Forest LSU match? Okay. Well, did I watch it? Absolutely not. But no, who no, I, I cheer? didn't watch it. Who no. would I cheer for? Wake Forest. Yeah. I don't. I mean, Why? I don't need SEC to win anything. Why? Who cares? I can't pull for a rival. See, this is where I, the Twitter people I'm, who are like, I'm pulling for, I can't stand Tommy White and LSU and blah, blah, blah. I just I'm don't need to see LSU win anything. Like, I mean, I look, like, I don't care if they won. If like, you it, said this was football, I might have a completely different opinion, but it's baseball. And I don't get that heated about this. Oh, I'd rather man. see an ACC team win. Why? It's not, you're not, it's not like this is UNC. If it was I UNC, don't get it. I would obviously have a completely different answer. You're, you got some Wake Homer in you, given your connections. It's that Winston Salem blood in me. Yeah, like see, that's that's the wrong. Like, I hate Wake Forest. Little they old Wake Forest, so many times. My, they derailed my, us so many times. I can never 
pull my, for Wake Forest to win. My this like a can't pull for Carolina. Always says, "Oh, you know, it's just little Wake Forest. Just let us have one." That's what he always says to me. They always say that, and they always beat us. And I'm no, I don't know oh. how you folks pulled for Wake. And I get your heartbroken over Tommy White, but get over it. That's the way college sports is. Oh, we brought in gosh. transfers. Wake Forest Why? brought in transfers. It all got, they all got paid something somewhere, right? We're not nobody's innocent. Nobody's doing it the right way. Well, who won the <laughs> damn game, the man? Because like, I have built not their team even... the right way. I hated who? that they built their team the right who way. Who won? LSU ended up winning, thankfully. Okay, then who cares? <laughs> Tommy White hit a game winner against Wake, and I was like, "Yes, great!" And people are like, "You're crazy, man." F Tommy White. Like, well, yeah, fuck y'all that are dude. Hurt lovers, man. That's just. That's a terrible way to look at it. Like, I am not pulling for Wake Forest ever. <laughs> and, like, I don't care about the league. The league has never done anything for us. Like, the SEC, I'm never going to chant ACC, like, whatever. Oh, you I'm will. If we, hold on. No. If we, if we beat Tennessee, did that Tennessee game get scheduled? No. Okay. You'll do it, ironically, if we were playing an SEC team. But, um, no, no. It's, but no, it's what I'm saying. I'm not going to ever cheer for another ACC school and think, yeah, AC go ACC. Like that's just that's crazy to me. I, crazy I don't to know, me. man. There's a part. Of, I think it. If it was football, I'm the same way. I I would love every other team in ACC to lose. I don't care for Never when it's football, Never. and a lot of times in basketball. I don't know. To me, it's just like, why wouldn't I cheer for the for the quote unquote little guy against an SEC powerhouse? Why are they the little guy? We already heard. We ever heard how much money that more money they have than us? Why are they little guy? We should be the little guy. Like we, I, hate I mean, that. look at our performance. We are the little guy in a lot of times. Right, exactly. So why are we pull over Wake Forest? We got enough to compete with. They, we look, are competing man, directly with Wake Forest. Let's change the topic. We have a nickel on the team with a nickname Poogie. Okay, Robert Poogie Kennedy. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm a fan. It's better than the bagel that just committed to Carolina. The guy's nickname is Bagel. That's terrible. that's a terrible. Uh, why would you? What, who would call you Bagel? What does that even mean? Yeah, terrible. I'm not pulling for Wake Forest. Y'all are crazy. Every one of you is pulling for Wake Forest. You're crazy, man. I just <laughs> crazy. All of you crazy. But I mean, I'm sure there were only about like nine people who even watched it. So. There- no, they got. I know um, they had great ratings. I know they. Those World Series had great ratings. It was it was really good baseball. Really yeah. entertaining. It's just tough for me. I think, I mean, honestly, like it's just tough for me to connect in in those sports when NC State doesn't have. It's, I mean, I get it. That's fine. But I just don't understand why people are pulling for Wake. And like, I'm definitely not going to pull for a guy that transferred from us. Like, I'm why? Just, I mean, who cares? Good for him. He made I'm, more money. He made money. And he wanted, I didn't, hey, he I didn't say it was a bad financial move for him. I just don't want to pull for him anymore. Well, that's like, fine. I'm not pulling for Wake Forest. Ever. You know. I, one I feel time. like I made myself clear. I, I'm already on the bandwagon of I don't like Russell Wilson anymore. So. I know. I told you this is a bad question for you because you have some Wake Forest blood. But, man, yeah. I'm, there's one time I'll ever pull for Carolina or Wake Forest and is if them winning elevates state into some higher level game, championship or whatnot. That's yeah. the only time. Any other time, F off. I don't care. Lose. Lose it, to everybody. All right. So if it was um... – <laughs> If it was Boston College against LSU, are you telling you're you're going for LSU then? No, I'd probably pull for Boston College. I'm not. They're not much of a rival to us. Like, Wake so Forest you're is, saying it because Wake, Wake Forest is a rival. Wake is a direct rival. They're right down mm-hmm. the road from not us. Not anymore, sir. We don't they not have football. De- <laughs> they have defeated us. They have derailed us from ten win seasons and 
conference division championships. You know who derailed us from 10 win seasons? The guy who hired the shitty offensive coordinators. And that's all I, I'm going to say on that. Okay. <laughs> Jamie Newman. Okay, but still, Wake Forest. I don't understand how you people are pulling Wake Forest. F them. Lose every game. Y'all Riley Skinner. Jamie I'd, ra- I'd much rather see Tommy White hit a dinger off Wake Forest and Wake Forest win. Uh, I mean, it is kind of funny. I mean, yeah. I, right? It's, it's the, the joy that comes out of Hearing my my brother basically be like little Wake Forest, yeah, <laughs> you know we we just can't have nice things. <laughs> please, please, Nonsense. at least you've got to go Y'all to the crazy. World Series. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. All of you are crazy. Pulling for Wake Forest, everybody. Oh my gosh, I did not realize that's where that was going when you said that pre-show. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. I found out I sent my notes to my buddy PJ. I was like, I know I texted him to you, but I didn't send it to PJ. So he, he knows what we're talking about. Is Dylan McMahon an All-American this year? What? Is that somebody's question? No, I'm not no, no. I'm just, I'm scrolling through the, the roster and I just saw Dylan McMahon with, he doesn't have a mullet, but he might as well with that haircut. Mm. Um, Dylan McMahon was, you know, the one that was rumored to possibly be going to the draft last year so. Yeah. I feel like he's the most – he's like an enigma for us. I feel like I haven't seen it yet on the field. I don't know if he's – is he going to be center? Do we know? He's got Curious, curious is he. Yeah, got to be. He was the next coming position. Next coming of centers. All right, the other thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is how in the world have you not seen more than 15 minutes of Caddyshack? One, two, or you know, three. I just started it. It was probably like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I I started it and it was really late and I fell asleep. And um, it, somehow I just never saw it. It's so funny. I'll, I mean, all I've ever seen from it, you know, would just be like a random clip of like Bill Murray and the, um, it's not a mole. What is it? A, a gopher. Uh, it's a gopher. gopher. Yeah. And uh, which I feel like I got a gopher in the yard. Anyways, unrelated to that. Um, yeah. So when I saw someone talking about it today, I was just like, you know, I've only seen about 15 minutes of that. And uh, it wasn't thrilling. Actually, I did appreciate Chevy Chase at the beginning with the blindfold. Um, so anyways, it's it's going to get finished soon. And I'll cut that off. But it was one of those things where you just kind of, you know, there's all those classic movies. And you're like, I'm sure I've actually seen this. And then I started watching. I said, I've never seen this movie. So I don't know. Just it's kind of odd because I feel like it was on a ton. And somehow I missed it every time. Yeah. I don't know how it's you need to watch it. It's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like Shawshank Redemption or whatever. Right. It's like, it's always on. And somehow it's a great I movie. always see Shawshank. I just, just never saw Caddyshack. Hmm. Did you ask me if it was one, two or three? I have not seen two or three. I can tell you that. That's what I'm saying. You haven't seen any of them. That's, that's what my point is. Watch them. Are any, are any of the sequels good? I like them all, but I'm very easy an insane golfer. Yeah, I'm very easy to please in that regards. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably um, struggle with it, I'm sure. It's great. They're great. I was trying to figure out, okay, so in the beginning of the of, of the movie, the, the caddy is about to have a fight with another one of the caddies, and then a guy, like, jumps on him from the roof? What is going on there? Where did the guy from the roof come from? The guy from the roof? Am I remember? I'm going to have to restart this movie. Maybe I just... <laughs> Oh, you were high watching this thing or something. I was not. I, I can guarantee you I was not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Last thing I wanted to bring up, and I had it down. Mac Brown said in two years, 
college football players will be employees of the university. He said he does not like the way the NIL is going, and it's finally something I can agree with Mac Brown on. What do you think about that? I was just having a conversation over dinner about this. I feel like it's incredibly immoral for universities to keep acting, like doing everything they can to not pay these guys. Like Mm -hmm. when commissioners and what are trying to go lobby to Congress to be like, don't pay these guys. They shouldn't be employees. Like when you look back on that crap in history, no one ever sides with that person, right? They always look bad. They're on, I don't understand this. It's just like, if the ACC wants to like take everything by the strangle, I would be like the first one to be like, you know what? I think we are going to pay these guys. They are employees and um, we'll make this work. And then people, at least for a cycle or two, are going to come there because they can become employees and get paid. And frankly, like, I don't care if ACC teams play anyone outside the ACC for that period of time, if that's what it came to. And the NCAA tried to draw some line in the sand and just let the ACC play each other. Just let them be an internal league. And if everyone else wants to schedule a, uh, a game with us, feel free. Maybe it'll open up our contract. I don't know. You've talked about this. We've, you and I have talked about this before is these TV contracts, you know, getting to a billion dollars or whatever they're mm-hmm. going to be. Where is this money going? Like, why are we doing this to that put up is, $400 million stadiums? You're like, this is ridiculous. That's what I Pay always ask. Yeah. Pay them. They're not that expensive. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, guess what? I really don't think college coaches should be making as much money as they do. So if the trade-off, right, is college coaches get like a 20% reduction in salary to make this work. Okay. Like, I'm not going to cry. I don't cry tears for millionaires. Never have. Um, yeah. I just think it's so, I just think it's wrong. It's so wrong. I don't know how you can look at it and be like, they get an education and that's all that matters. Go sit and see the education that they get. What kind of jobs? I got to know what kind of jobs all these communication majors are getting. <laughs> not at ESPN because they just fired everybody. They can't. So, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Their market is reducing. So like I just think it's I just think it's completely bogus. And um I don't yes. know why it's always like the cranky old coaches that finally realize like, hey, this is stupid. What are we doing? And it was a lot easier when we got to do this behind behind the scenes and it wasn't so public and there were rules against it, right? So probably even on teams, people were maybe a little more hush hush about this stuff. It's just crazy. You know, you'd still have Tommy White maybe here. Maybe not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, look at how much, I mean, the so the, you know, it's funny with all these TV contracts, right? Like, the more you watch, like, the Big 12 and the Pac-10 suffer, reminds you at least ACC still has a decent deal. Um, but just think about it. It's like, okay, let's take um, 10% of that contract and apply it to paying the university athletes. I think, I feel like I did the math one time. I think we have, like, Maybe it's like 3,500 athletes or something like that. Maybe it's 6,000. I can't remember what it is at NC State. It's a big chunk. But basically, you know, Davis one is like, oh, you know, you pay these guys, blah, blah, blah. Well, you take his contract and divide it, you know, take 20, 30% out of it, take it all the staffs. You pay for these guys. It's so screwed yeah. up. It's the it's the most screwed up thing. Why? Like, and it's so easy too. You can make it, you could take, okay, all right. Revenue from TV, Revenue from merchandise, revenue from ticket sales. Take a small percentage of that and put it into a fund for the athletes. You know, most of these guys. Reeling your fund again. 
I'm building my fund. But what I'm saying is like, think about it like this, right? If they're employees, they should be getting access to the pension system. Like they, these guys do a lot and girls do a lot in four to six years. The schools get a shit ton of money for it. In no other industry would this be allowed. No, uh, the schools are bloated, poorly run businesses like that. That wouldn't fly anywhere oh, else. Evan, we'd have to make cuts to ball. I don't care. Yeah, run I your, bet there's a lot of crap. Business. There's a lot of crap that athletic departments spend on that they don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Do you really need eight recruiting coordinators? No, because you can be like, hey, here's your here's your contract that says you're going to make money, and oh yeah, okay, there's going to be a risk. Like, yeah, you can fire them, quote unquote. Well, you do that now. You cut players anyways. I don't want. I don't know why people act like this doesn't happen, right? But you say, look, yeah. you sign this deal. It's a four year deal, and uh, if you don't meet these criteria you could have your job removed and you'll go into the transfer portal and you'll sign another deal elsewhere or you won't you'll end up in another division you'll go down to fcs who cares yeah it's so weird it's i would think the game would improve think about how much better the coaches would be if they did not have to sit there and do all this bullshit recruiting oh it's recruiting is the worst right now and i don't know how anybody follows it or cares about it it is painful for me like i Get the guys in the portal, right? You're you're losing out on the big talent, the big talent using air quotes, big talent to yeah schools with bigger budgets, right? Sorry about it. Like, and they're like, well, you know, your fans need to donate more. State fans don't; they're cheap. That's 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 my favorite one. State fans are cheap. Uh, state fans are starting to get smart because you had zero ROI over the last forty years. So I don't say state fans are cheap. I just think we're probably more sophisticated than most. Didn't a bunch of those cheap state fans sign up for that pack of wolves, savage wolves, whatever that event is. Yeah. Did they ra- yeah. Didn't they raise a bunch of money with those cheap fans? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Come NC state on. Fans are cheap. That's a, that's another, uh, NC state website's favorite line. NC state just, fans are cheap. I'm just tired of us being treated like suckers and yeah. idiots. And it's like in any other environment, you would say, boy, it really looks like those workers are being abused. Oh, well, they're not workers, actually. They're student athletes. Why are they called student athletes? Well, because then they're not employees. Yeah. And it's like it's crazy. Can, the, Good for Matt Brown thing, to point it out. Last thing I'm going to say on this, right, is they always say you can't. they're not going to be students anymore. Like, you can still make going to class part of the requirements of your employment. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't understand why that is just like, well, we can't, like, make them go to class then. Because students what? aren't allowed to have jobs, right? You can't be, you can't have a job when you're a student. It's a perk. It's a benefit. I, I'm insane. I, it's that. That's the one where I just want to like go and like beat Debo Swinney to death on. Be like, well, they're not going to go to school anymore. Yeah, He's right. The worst. There's a pretty good mullet thread going now in the pod chat. Awesome. Pulling up roster roster mullets. We have some some gems on the roster. Yeah. Do we have any basketball mullets? That's my next question. No, no basketball. I'm seeing modes. a couple of the DJ Burns updos that I like. Jordan Poole has one. Jordan Poole. That's a name forgotten about. I, you know, I was just, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they mentioned Jordan Poole and I was just like, I feel like we have not untapped that, you know, gotten that guy yet. And I wonder if part of the linebacker shuffle out the door with the draft, right? Opens, opens it up for him. You see him like pop in the spring games. Yeah, it's got to. He's good. He's good. All right. That's all I got for now. 
You got anything else you want to add? Can you give me an update? I just didn't realize it. So Yusuf Murgerbill is on the roster now. Yusuf Murgerbill from Western North Carolina by way of Florida, by way of Colorado, is now a walk-on at NC State. Okay, wait. Colorado, huh? Yeah, he went to Colorado. Uh, I don't. He got hit by a car in Flor- at Florida, I think. Got Went to Colorado, oh, never got in the field. I guess he was rehabbing or something. Dion brought his Gucci bags in or his Louis bags in and kicked everybody out. And Muggerbill came back home and ended up at NC State. So, interesting. As a walk on. We got to talk about Dion. That can be for next pod. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad everyone stuck it out this long while we were knocking the rest off. I only rambled on two times, three times, five times. Over under Colorado football, what is it this year? Four, four and a half? I think it's four and a half, right? Yeah. Okay. I just think Dion's a fraud, so I'm going under. The the anonymous coach that came out the other day and and basically said the argument is that he could get all the talent, uh, the the weak FBS talent to to win in the FCS level. Is he going to be able to do the same at Colorado? I just, don't you think that's a lot to ask in your first year? When, didn't well, he have like 75 transfers? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Were any of them good transfers? I mean, Colorado's 1-11 last year, so I'm going to say no. Other like, than that's what my question is, right? Is, is the Dion effect drawing in great players? I mean, well, he Shaker... brought in the, Yeah, he brought in the highly touted uh, two-way wide receiver DB from Jackson State with him. Yeah, but again, it's like, okay. I didn't see that guy play last year, right? But it's like, I'm just skeptical of that level translating immediately to this level. And it's one guy, right? You can avoid one guy. Yeah. I mean, they got a ton of transfers, but I don't really know what. It's going to be interesting. Are you going to tune into that? I think it's interesting. Like I think they've got like his game. It's this first game, at least, or first two games are like primetime games. Are you going to watch them? Sure. I mean, I'm going to watch all the college football I can get. Yeah. And Dion's going to be an interesting story. I'll absolutely watch him, which I think makes Colorado more relevant right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool how just like hiring one guy can revive, you know, revamp the, the vibe, right? Like people are showing up for spring games, stuff like that. So if Dave Doran, you know, goes like 12 and two this year um, and then hangs up his cleats, I wonder. 12 and two. Bolt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has an amazing season. Well, see, it's like, what are the two? <laughs> are they a regular season or are they ACC championship game and bowl game? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think if he went 12-0, right, and then lost the ACC championship game, do you think he mails it in in the bowl game? No, because that bowl game, oh, well, that's true. It, it'd be only 14 playoff. Uh, He'll have the most wins in our history, right? I mean, like, as in game. season and total yeah i mean he's mailing it at that point right i don't know he's in like the fiesta bowl or something playing some sec or big 10 team i don't i don't even know who the fiesta is tied to anymore i don't either that's an interesting question yeah think on that that's we can start with that one next time that's a good question Hmm. i don't know all right, folks, thanks for listening. We've got some good stuff coming from the pod and from the site. I got some some really 
I got some good people joining us. That's going to be interesting. I think I'm, I'm going to tease it. I'm not going to let y'all know who it is, but you'll see. Uh, content should be ramping up. Uh, we've got some other things coming that are going to be really good as we get closer to the football season and through the summer. Um, but thanks for sticking with us through all these breaks that we've taken. Um, you know, it's, it's there's we want to take some time and make sure that we don't put out garbage content just for the sake of putting out content. Yeah. I was going to say somewhat entertaining, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say it has been a nice break from just thinking about college sports. Um, yeah. So I feel refreshed. I'm kind of, I'm, I am looking forward to actual seasons now. Yeah. We got some big things coming, so it'll be, it'll be fun and we'll have uh, a lot more coming on the pod and on the site and all that stuff. As always, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your peeps. And hope you all have a great summer, and we'll talk to you all soon. Go back. Go back. Another cheese-making taste test. <laughs> this one, something special. Uh, this. Wrong button. <laughs> <laughs>